say welcome to you this morning. I want to acknowledge the fact that there are probably, uh, well, I know that there are uh, family members of Rubens who are newer to our church, and there may even be first-time guests or visitors here this morning. And just acknowledge up front, as Matt has already kind of set the table, this is a bit of a different uh, service than you would normally experience on a Sunday morning. Um, it will allow for you to get kind of an inner peek into uh, some of the behind the scenes of how our church um, operates, especially when it comes to its structure and its leadership, as we'll be talking about what it means to be a pastor today at Terranova Church. And I hope that one of your takeaways, even though we won't do the deepest dive we could into the subject, is that this isn't a human institution, this isn't something that Terranova has made up, but that we are striving to understand biblically and through 2,000 years of church history, the significance and import of a, of a pastor and of his role within the context of a local church, that this is God's institution and God's calling on the lives of those who uh, step into the office of a pastor. And I hope that becomes clear even today as you witness this ordination. Um, it's, I think it can be encouraging too, especially for our church family. I, I just want to point this out so that you can see this on the front end on a number of levels. First of all, when we do something like ordain a pastor at Terranova Church, um, it evidences the fact that God is continuing to build his church. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And regardless of your interpretation of Peter's role and all that, the context in which Jesus said that is church leadership and the apostles. And so from that point on even, we see Paul and others appointing elders uh, as they plant churches in the New Testament. So leadership is an important part of the way in which God builds his church. So we get to witness the evidence of that happening today here at Terranova. We also get to witness the evidence of God building up and working in people's lives through Reuben's journey. But even though he's called to this particular role, it's really reflective of so many of your journeys that we could all testify to over the last several years of people in our congregation who have been walking closely with Jesus, discovering who God's made them to be, discovering their gifts, and then sacrificially using those and serving the body. Reuben's journey is, is a symbolic in a way of so many of your journeys. And so that's evidence of the fact that God is at work in the lives of the people in this church family. So we can be thankful for that and celebrating that today as well. Pretty straightforward in terms of how we're going to do this today. I'm going to spend a little bit of time up front talking about what it means to be a pastor, what that looks like biblically in that Terranova church. And then I'm going to call up uh, Reuben and Nicole as, uh, as we install him today as a pastor at Terranova church. We'll ask him some questions, some commitments and then we'll actually have some questions and commitments for the church family, for you guys as well, in your support of Reuben as a pastor at Terranova Church. And then finally, um, I'll call up the existing pastors and, uh, and, and wives to lay hands on Reuben and Nicole and pray over them today. So let me just pray before we continue to move forward and, and unpack some of these things. Father, we continue to just thank you that we do all of these things. We do... Sunday worship, we do ordinations of pastors, we journey together all because of what Christ has done for us and is doing in us. And so I pray even as we talk about something as specific as ordination and um, what it means to be a pastor, that the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ would ooze from what we do today, that we would remember that it is all because of you, that nothing that we 
have or do or are is something that we can um, boast about in and of ourselves, but is a gift from you. So please move by your spirit powerfully in this time that we would be humbled and reminded of that truth. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a, a letter in the New Testament called Titus. It was written by the Apostle Paul, uh, one of the foremost church planters in Christian history, uh, to his protege, Titus. So what Paul did is he would go around to the different regions of that part of the world. He had a particular heart, even as a Jew, for the Gentiles, the non-Jews. And he would go for a period of time in a community, in a city, in a country, and he would share the gospel. And people would respond to that and come to faith. And when there was a critical mass of Christians that surfaced in that region, he would plant a church. And then maybe this was an early form of, of ADHD, I don't know, but Paul would move on to some other place and plant a church and then move on to another place and plant a church. No, that was, his, that was his role and his calling. He wouldn't stay, though, for a long period of time. And what he would do, though, is he would leave behind one of his protégés uh, as an elder that he would appoint, and in turn, who would appoint other elders before he would move on. So local shepherds to pastor and shepherd the flock. And so he says to Titus in chapter 1, verse 5, This is why, Titus, I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remained in order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. So I say this to say that a key part of starting churches and growing churches is the establishment of leaders, and in particular elders or pastors, terms we'll use interchangeably, in those local churches. So there's a lot we could say about that today, what it means to be a pastor. I want to talk about three facets of that. Number one, the plurality. Number two, the pastor himself. And number three, the process in terms of what that's looked like for Reuben here at Terranova Church. So a little bit about this idea of plurality. It's worth noting that in that same verse in Titus 1, verse 5, Paul doesn't say appoint an elder. He says appoint elders, plural, multiple Throughout the New Testament, in fact, this is the picture that we have, not of individual pastors in these local churches that were planted, but of a plurality, multiple elders or pastors leading these local congregations. So this has been our aim at Terra Nova. I know we only have two, and it's been that way for a while, but our aim and our goal has always been to recognize, surface, and identify those who God is calling to pastor and build a plurality of eldership here at Terra Nova. Um, a little bit of our story and our journey in terms of how that's gone we uh, planted Terra Saratoga uh, 10 years ago this January. And at that time, um, uh, technically speaking, I think we had five elders, uh, but we were one church in two locations, Troy and then Saratoga Springs here. And there was only one elder boots on the ground up here in Saratoga, that being myself. About three years into that journey, we transitioned to auto an autonomous church, like fully self-sufficient, um, uh, financially and in terms of operating up here, still interdependent with our Terra family of churches, but autonomous. And we hired Pastor Scott Fisher to be a pastor here in Saratoga. So we had two elders. Two years later, he transitioned on from Terra Saratoga and Matt Schwartz came on uh, as the uh, worship arts and operations director. And then a year after that was ordained as a pastor here. And so we've had a long stretch of two elders to, uh, to embody this idea of plurality here at Saratoga. 
And so it's, it's exciting and encouraging to us to be bringing on a third elder. Um, maybe it's because the number three, I don't know, the Trinity, is just like, it's helpful, you know, to feel like, okay, we're finally at least up to that number of plurality that we see within the Godhead, one God and three persons. But um, all joking aside, it's a, healthy, it's a healthy indication of how God is growing and providing for our church. I'll say too on that note, when it comes to plurality, there is no cap no maximum number that we are prescribed in Scripture as to how many elders should be a part of this uh, plurality within the local church. Um, we, uh, we actually are guided rather by principles instead, like there's a wisdom in a multitude of counsel from Proverbs chapter 11. Those types of principles indicate to us there is no cap. It's just healthy for us to have a multitude of pastors within a local church. I mean, goodness, I envision and would hope for one day for us to have five or six um, elders within this church. I mean, but there's no cap. We could have 10 or 12. It just seems like for a church our size at this point, that's probably more than we would have. But the point is, there is no biblically prescribed cap. And so this plurality of elders is what leads the church together as equals, as a team. And I want to acknowledge the fact that This idea of plurality we see play out in the New Testament, it actually complicates things in a way. In this world, it's far easier for one person to lead, right? The moment you add a second person or more into the mix, there's going to be greater opportunity or or, or, uh, breeding grounds for differences of opinion, which could lead to conflict. But that's the point. That's why God does this, because it forces to happen what God calls us to all of us as, as a body of believers, which is interdependence on one another. That's the whole point of the body of Christ. We were meant to depend upon one another. And humility. And when you have a plurality of elders, you have to fight for and work on those things of depending upon one, one another in humility. Um, and so it's actually a gift from God. Because when we live into the things that are more difficult that he has prescribed for us, there's always more fruit in the end. So we believe in a plurality of elders that leads the church together, even while, I will acknowledge, there are going to be different strengths and different gifts that each of the pastors bring to the table. And that's one of the beautiful things that especially Matt and I and Reuben have been able to see up close, is we complement each other really well. We have overlapping areas of strength, but we also have some differences and strengths we each bring to the table, and especially Reuben brings, that, that we are lacking. And so that's even more confirmation of God's provision and calling, I think, in Reuben's life. So that's the idea of plurality that I want you to hear and understand is important to us at Terra Nova. But what is a pastor then, broadly speaking? Well, we have three words in the New Testament, really that are used interchangeably, which is why we will waffle between calling pastors elders and elders pastors. We see them used interchangeably, even if they indicate different functions of the role. And, um, and those three different words are sh- shepherd, elder, and overseer. So let me talk a little bit about each of those. The first one, and probably the one that is best understood, even by the metaphor that's pictured, is that of a shepherd. And the Latin translation of this word for shepherd from the Greek is pastor. That's, from, that's where we get our word in the English of pastor from. And it is the most common title that we'll use at Terranova Church, in case you were wondering. Um, we people don't usually refer to Elder Matt and Elder Daniel. But there are connotations that immediately come to mind for many of us, even 
though we're not predominantly an agrarian society and, and have um, uh, you know, sheep herds all over the place, but connotations like caring for something or someone, guiding, being among and, and with, protecting, feeding, all of these different pieces of imagery come to mind for us um, as a shepherd, and that's apt because that is actually a picture of the way in which God interacts with us as his people and in turn is what he calls his, his pastors to in terms of how we are to lead people. Jesus also often used that terminology of pastor, even in description of himself. He referred to himself as the good shepherd. Now, I do want to say here, this may be helpful to you. There, is, there are some distinctions to be made. There is the role of a pastor, there's the gift of a pastor, and then there's the office of a pastor, or you could use shepherd in any of those terms. The, the role is something all of us are called to. We might more commonly think of that in the sphere of evangelism, right? All of us are called to evangelize. Only some of us are gifted that way. So then you have the gift of shepherding. Some people are gifted that way to care for, guide, be among, with, protect, feed through teaching. That's a gift. And yet still others then are called to this particular office of shepherd or pastor. So I think sometimes that's a helpful distinction for people to hear, to understand what this role is. So it's critical for a pastor to have this shepherd's heart for his people that he's been called to. Then there are the terms or the words elder and overseer. Both of them speak broadly to this idea of making wise decisions and of organizational leadership and of stewarding resources. And while there are differences between elder and overseer, um, I'm putting them together here because they kind of stand in contrast with the idea of a shepherd. A shepherd is with and among the people in the daily details of discipleship. Whereas the role of an, of an elder or an overseer is to step back and see the big picture. So let me just describe and unpack both those terms really quickly here. You've got two Greek words from which elder and overseer come from, presbyrotos and episkopos. Sound familiar at all? They should. Some of you come from the denominational backgrounds which have drawn from those names of Presbyterian and Episcopalian. Presbyritas is the word from which we get our word that we use of elder. And actually what it hearkens to is in ancient, the ancient Hebrew culture, the elders of the community would periodically go to the gates of the city and gather when they needed to uh, discuss some of the needs of the community. Maybe a crisis arose and they would make wise decisions on behalf of the whole community. Overseer is the word which we get from episkopos. Episcope literally is to overlook something. So periscope, you know, the thing on a sub, you're looking around. Episcope, you're overlooking something. So this idea of an overseer is to step back and to see the big picture and to look beyond even that picture to the community's needs that lie ahead. So it's also critical for a pastor to see the whole picture, envision the future, and make wise, spirit-led decisions on behalf of the church, both with and among the people, but also an ability to step back and see the big picture and make wise decisions on behalf of the church. There's a fourth term we could use, and it's not explicitly associated with the role of a pastor, and yet it's so important as a role of a pastor. So important such that uh, the elders of the Terranova Network over this past year did the exercise of, help, of trying to define what does it mean to be a pastor? And we really uh, came up with three words. Shepherd, overseer, and this fourth one I'm sharing with you today, pilgrim. Why do I say that? 
Well, because the Bible speaks of pastors not being in an ivory tower over and above and separate from the church, but among the church. Meaning that the pastors of Terranova Church, Matt, myself, Reuben, we're, we're a part of this community even as you guys are. We are imperfect pilgrims on this journey, imperfectly trying to follow after him in faith. Okay, this, this role also calls us not to do something necessarily, but to be something. If shepherding implies doing something, an elder, being an elder, an overseer, doing something, this is about being. Just as you guys are pilgrims, we as pastors are pilgrims too. One of the, the phrases that we've used a lot over the years at Terra Nova that's been so helpful to me as a reminder is as a pastor, I'm a pilgrim before I'm a priest. And I have to get that order and that priority right. That's why, by the way, we build in things like sabbaticals and annual retreats for our pastors is these spaces built in to remind us and to give us space to make sure, are we still pilgriming well after Jesus? The Apostle Paul says at one point, follow me as I follow Christ. See, he was saying through that that he's first and foremost a pilgrim following after Jesus. And it was only when he was doing that well that there'd be anything in his life worthy of imitation and emulating. So it's critical for a pastor to be a good pilgrim of Jesus as well. So I say all that to say that when you think of Reuben or, or Matt or myself and our roles, these descriptions may be helpful to you. We are shepherds, we are overseers, and we're pilgrims too. And by the way, if you're ever interested in a job description of sorts for, um, for, for Reuben, really for a lay elder here at Terra Nova, we would be happy, I would be happy to share that with you. We actually did the work over this past year of crafting that uh, because we've had a lot of lay elders be ordained across our Terra Nova network, the other churches as well. Um, and the interesting thing about it is it's really representative of Pastor Matt, my role as well, because since we were thinking about it through the lens of lay elders who tend to not be vocational staff pastors, but have a full-time secular job somewhere else, we had to distill that job description down to the bare bones of what is it that a pastor does. And when we look at, uh, you know, Acts chapter 6 and and other places, we see that a pastor is able to teach, a pastor uh, prays and intercedes on behalf of his people, a pastor offers his wisdom in making decisions on behalf of the community, and then enters in to shepherd through counseling and care. That's pretty much it. So much of Pastor Matt and myself, our job description as staff pastors overseeing an organization falls outside of those parameters. So if you want to kind of see what a distilled job description for a pastor is, feel free to reach out. We would be happy to share that with you. So first we talked about plurality. Then we talked about what it means to be a pastor. Now I just want to talk briefly about the process. What has that looked like for Reuben? What does that historically look like for pastors at Terra Nova Church? This is something that we have touched upon in greater detail at different points in Reuben's journey over the last couple of years. So I won't go into a lot of depth now, but I'll say three things about it. Number one, the process is organic. At its best, it kind of is something that, a nat- that naturally happens in the beginning stages by itself. What I mean by that is we saw Reuben living out naturally what it means to be a pastor. He was doing the things of a pastor. He was leading. He was shepherding naturally. It was happening organically. Nobody was going to him and saying, hey, you should start doing these things because maybe you'll be a pastor one day. We recognized what God was already doing in his life. That leads me to the second thing, which was a more formal invitation. 
uh, to enter into a, a, an exploration of what it means to be a pastor at Terra Nova Church. So here's what that looked like. You're one of that, give or take, was something we called the Explore Eldership Collective. And what that was was a deep dive into the things of what it means to be a pilgrim following after Jesus. I talked about that piece a little while ago. Um, really no different than the things that all of us are called to, but are so important, especially for a pastor, to have a growing maturity in if they're actually going to step into the role of a pastor. So the first year was really more exploring the pilgrim journey. And then year two, we invited, uh, began to invite Reuben more formally into different opportunities to kind of witness and observe and even participate, gradually participate in some of um, the decisions we make as a church and our meetings. He came to elder meetings. He went to our annual elder network retreat. Um, at that point, we also had him fill out uh, an application, which was deeply theological in terms of seeking to understand his understanding of God and the scriptures. And then Nicole also had to fill out a portion of that application. And then we got together with them, we being Pastor Matt, myself, and Pastor Paul Gordon from North Adams. We pulled in a third elder from our network um, to just go through that application over several hours with them and just ask questions um, of them, both on the pilgrim side of things and theologically. And then that leads to the third part of this process, which is confirmation. Reuben, all during that time, had been sensing a call from the Lord. Our role as pastors was to help confirm that calling, which was unanimous amongst the three that were in his assessment, and really was confirmed as well, informally, by the other pastors of the Terra Nova Network, as they had a chance to interact with Reuben at retreats and our other meetings that he was a part of. And also, there was, during over the last year, an opportunity, and many people took advantage, of affirming, from our own congregation at large, affirming that calling that you saw in Reuben. I'm going to be giving him an um, envelope today that has a, uh, a, just a, a large amount of um, uh, beautiful affirmations of the things that we have seen in Reuben, both from people within our own congregation and from those who know him outside of this church, which was a part of that affirmation of this calling that we see in his life. So that's in brief the process that Reuben has been through over these past couple of years. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't say something about Nicole's role in this journey as the one who knows Reuben better than, than anyone else. Um, her uh, role in, was uh, everything from the more formal piece of filling out part of the application for herself and being in that assessment uh, to just helping Reuben navigate over the past couple of years if this was something that she also affirmed and saw God calling him to, um, which she did. And the other reason I just want to recognize Nicole right now is there's nobody who will have a more important role in supporting and encouraging him over the years to come than her. Nobody who can provide better support and counsel than a pastor's wife uh, in the life of a pastor. And so it's with that in mind that I, I want to invite up both Nicole and Ruben now as we move into more of an installation uh, portion of the service. So guys, you can go ahead and come on up. Tommy, we can, this one can be hot now so that they can, we can hear I wills. Yeah. Right up here. Yeah. So, many of you have been here for infant dedications we've done before. The format is similar in that we have um, 
some questions to ask of Ruben, to which he'll answer I will if he agrees. Um, and then I'll also ask some questions of you as a church, but it's much more robust. Uh, I'll go well beyond even the things you've heard me already say about what it means to be a pastor. If you're listening carefully, you hear a lot more detail um, as I'm asking these questions of, of Ruben. And so with that in mind, Ruben, let's begin. Uh, an elder's uh, role as shepherd includes the ability to teach God's word in order to protect, lead, and feed his people. Reuben, will you commit to studying the scriptures to present yourself to God as a humble pilgrim, but also as a pastor who is striving to rightly handle the truth and grace of God's word for the good of his people? I will. An elder's role as shepherd includes a commitment to not forsake the work of praying for the church and its people. Reuben, will you commit to regular, faithful, earnest prayer for those who call Terra home and for our city and the communities that our people are a part of? I will. An elder's role as shepherd includes a commitment to lead us in pursuing unity, unity with the Spirit, unity as pastors, and unity among the church family. Reuben, will you commit to leading our church by fighting for sound biblical doctrine so that our wills move toward unity with God's will? I will. And will you commit to pursuing unity with the other elders and working together for the good of the church and the glory of Christ? I will. And then finally, will you commit to serving the congregation by being a minister of reconciliation and helping our church live at peace with one another and love one another? I will. An elder's role as shepherd sometimes includes the difficult work of protecting God's people from false teaching, from the sin within each of us, and from forsaking our faithfulness to our Savior. Reuben, will you commit yourself to being like Christ and speaking truth with love for the sake of correcting the wayward or disobedient when needed and leading us in repentance and restoration? I will. An elder's role as shepherd also includes the work of evangelism and being on mission alongside those in the church family. Reuben, will you commit yourself to taking part as God has gifted you and where he's placed you in the mission of making more disciples of Jesus? I will. An elder's role as shepherd also includes overseeing the church and being a good steward of the resources God entrusts to us. Reuben, will you commit yourself to doing your best to steward wisely and courageously the resources of this church, knowing that all of it belongs to the Lord and that he will also provide for our needs and use us to protect, uh, excuse me, to provide for the needs of others? I will. An elder's role as shepherd requires reliance on the Holy Spirit in all of the above things that I've mentioned. Reuben, will you commit yourself to remaining grounded in the word and in step with the spirit? Will you do your best to remain discerning and sensitive to where the spirit of God is leading our church family and be humble and courageous in following him? I will. An elder's role as shepherd is also a commitment to care for the practical needs of God's people within the church. While each pastor will specialize in areas of gifting and passion, general pastoral care on the part of the elders will be required. This can include but isn't confined to visiting the sick, encouraging the disheartened, sitting with those who are suffering, counseling those needing direction, providing physical or financial assistance to those in need, as well as other various day-to-day -day needs that we may come up against in the congregation. So Reuben, will you commit to loving our church by giving yourself to minister to the physical needs in addition to their spiritual needs? I will. An elder's role as a shepherd requires that he's also a pilgrim of Jesus, just as any of us are. Reuben, will you commit yourself to faithfully pursuing our Lord and humbly seek to remain faithful in, 
to him in all manners of your life. I will. And finally, elders are assessed as shepherds based upon the qualifications given to us by God recorded in Scripture. You've been examined and assessed according to the passages such as 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 7, and I'll read that. The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders, so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. Reuben, living in accordance with this standard isn't something that you're assessed upon and then we forget about. So will you commit to, as the best you can, living a life that remains in accordance with this calling of an elder, and if you no longer fulfill these qualifications, make the elders of our church aware as soon as possible? I will. So Tara family, Reuben isn't the only one who's involved here today. You have a part to play in this as well. Now I know that some of you who are here today are family or your visitors, and so please know that these questions are primarily for those who call Terra Nova home. You are welcome to engage and respond, or you are welcome to just observe. But I would ask for us all to stand now as you enter into to commitment to Reuben. So God requires of you as well some things that are outlined in Scripture in terms of how you can view your pastors and how you can be in support of your pastors. So for these questions, if you agree, you should respond with, we will. Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Tara family, will you commit yourself to respecting Reuben as an elder in our midst? And to the degree that Reuben does not lead us into sin, but strives to lead you to Jesus and to the truth of the grace of his gospel, will you humbly submit to and follow him? We will. Hebrews 13, 17 continues to say, Let them do this, that is, lead you, with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Tara family, will you strive to be a source of joy for Reuben's ministry and not, of, not an undue burden? We will. Galatians 6, 6 teaches us, Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Terra Nova family, will you commit to sacrificially share with this church from the resources that God has given you as Reuben, Matt, and myself strive to serve our church through teaching the word so that we grow in our discipleship and take part in making more disciples. Then Reuben, based upon the recommendations of the elders from Terra Nova Saratoga, as well as other elders within our network, in light of the commitments that you have made today, in light of the commitments our church family has made today, it's my joy to welcome you into pastoral ministry as an elder here at Terra Nova Church. got a certificate of ordination for Reuben and the aforementioned letters of encouragement from so many of you and from people in Reuben's walk of life, even prior to Terra Nova. Um, so those are for you. And I want to invite 
the other uh, pastor and our families, our wives, uh, Leah and Jessamine, to come on up as we lay hands on and pray over Reuben and Nicole. You may be seated, but your role isn't finished yet. And all I mean by that is I want you to be engaged even as we pray over Reuben and Nicole. I pray that you would understand that our words really can be your words and that you would agree with us in prayer as we pray over them and as the Bible says to lay hands on Reuben as an elder at Terranova Church. Where's the handheld mic? Oh, there it is. Okay. You are done. This is for the others who will be praying. So let's pray. Father, first of all, we are just thankful to be a part of this thing called the church, your body, as your sons and daughters, made sons and daughters by your grace alone through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. We thank you, and we thank you that you are building your church, and that even today, through this ordination, it's evidence of that. Lord, I pray for your special anointing upon Reuben. I know he has your Holy Spirit as the gift that you give to him, just through his faith in Christ as a son of yours. But I pray for your anointing and filling of, of the Holy Spirit within him, that he may be able to lead with strength in the midst of his own weakness in the days uh, ahead as a pastor at Terranova Church. I pray for protection upon Reuben and his family in Jesus' name. I just pray against the enemy, his servants, their works and effects. Life is hard enough with the burdens you've called him to carry. Help him know he is not alone. He is in the yoke with you. But I do pray in Jesus' name for protection from the enemy in the ways he would seek to steal, kill, and destroy or distract from the mission you've called him and his family to. And then I just pray for joy in this journey. Lord, in proportion to the challenges and difficulties that may lie ahead, know that will, I just pray that you would pour out the joy of the Lord in his heart and in the, in the hearts of his family on this journey, that they would know you are near and that they would know increasing intimacy with you. And Lord, I just thank you so much for Reuben and Nicole, and I especially lift up Nicole as she's going to be journeying with Reuben, and I just ask that you give her wisdom and grace and patience. Pray that you just pour your word over her heart and life. I pray that she can give good counsel to Reuben and to the women of the church. And Father, um, I just pray for their family, that you are pour out your blessings upon them and help them in this journey of serving others. Um, I know they've been doing it for so long. Even in Reuben's job, he's been serving others. And I just pray that you will continue that leadership that you've blessed this family with. Um, I just ask that as a church, we can support them and love them. And I just pray that there will be no accusations from the enemy who likes to come in and tell lies about unrealistic standards or um, just whisperings that are making people feel uncomfortable or sad. I just pray against that in Jesus' name and just ask for your Holy Spirit to help them feel so confident in their choice to follow you. We know that the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few, and we just rejoice that they're saying yes to your leading right now. And I just thank you so much for their willingness to come alongside of us here at Terranova and journey with us as we try to continue to build this little corner of your kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. 
Heavenly Father, thank you for this time, for this um, monumentous occasion to lift up your servant Reuben. Thank you for him responding to your call. Thank you for the, the humility that it takes to say yes to you. Thank you for the courage that you've given him. But Lord, thank you that he is an honest, humble, faithful servant of yours, first and foremost. He's a friend. He's a son, a dad, a husband. We thank you for all these beautiful qualities that you have given him, and we lift him up now by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ and by his spirit who is at work in the Todd household and in Reuben's life. Would you continue to give them all that they need, that it would not be through his own ideas or his own strength or his own emotions or his own desires, but through you working through him powerfully by your Holy Spirit. As has been mentioned, powerfully protect this family. Lord, we don't, we don't serve a God who is distant. We serve one who is powerfully and intimately involved in our lives. And so I pray that they would feel your presence and know it. And I pray for protection over Reuben and Nicole and Caleb and David and Sarah. Thank you that you know them, that you've called them, and that you are in control. Let them rest in that truth. So, Lord, thank you for this time of joy, of celebration. Thank you for adding this brother to the leaders of this church. And may we, with joy, with excitement, and with energy, fueled by your Holy Spirit, that we would go into these next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years of serving you, that we would do so with your strength, and I'm joyful that we get to start that today with a new brother, Reuben. Thank you, Lord. We give you all the glory. Amen.